What's happening? I know I don't normally start episodes like this, but it felt really odd not to um, address what's going on with the planet Earth right now, the fucking bedlam occurring around the George Floyd death and the protests and stuff. Um, So I just wanted to preface this episode by saying that we recorded it a week ago before we knew about it, so that's why it doesn't even get brought up. And because it felt so odd not to even weigh in a little bit, I thought I'll record a midweek, well, a Monday episode and put it on. Um, So yeah, this is Sunday. I'll record right now and then put it up tomorrow on Monday, episode 35, and I'll ramble on about... Um, you know, race relations and Black Lives Matter and stuff as if you gave a fuck what I thought about it. Um, And also there are some changes happening on the pod in the uh, imminent future. So um, if you give a shit about this, which maybe the the pod, I mean, which maybe you do if you're watching, if you're watching it, (laughs) um, then don't forget to uh, check out uh, tomorrow's episode. Uh, rate, comment, and subscribe. Um, yeah, so tomorrow I'll uh, I'll uh, weigh in on this massive, heavy fucking topic. Get myself uh, get myself some lost subscribers. People going, oh, oh no, I disagree, and uh, and also let people who like the show know how it's transforming going forward. But without further ado, it's episode 34 with a good friend of mine, host of the uh, Serious James podcast, Jamie Faulkner Curry. Hey up, how you diddling? It's Pretendship episode 34, Sunday 7th of June, and uh, with us, keeping us company, our old Bez from school, best man at his wedding, wasn't I? Uh, no, that was my brother. You were a groomsman oh, at the wedding. Groomsman, yeah, I don't know. I, 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 got so, I got so upset that you made me rent a suit for it that I... <laughs> I sort of imagined that I had more but of a you, role than I did. You didn't. That's why it. I was upset because I wasn't even best man. Yeah, well, you, you have to have your brother as your best man. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, you know, I would say you're my brother, but whatever it doesn't. Oh, matter. that's. <laughs> it's Jamie Faulkner Curry, host oh, of now the host of. Well, we don't know the name of it yet, but it's some inversion of Serious James Experience. I don't know. By the time you see this. It may already have uh, gotten a name, I don't know. Just come in and we'll, we'll hash it out. Is it live? Well, it should be by the 7th. Well, it should be by today, yes. yes. Today is the 7th of June, <laughs> I don't know what you mean. No, so I record these sometimes, like a, a couple weeks before the thing, you know, if there's work on or whatever. Um, and then occasionally, like, I'll do it the day before and then stay up at night editing it. Um, but yeah, we were talking about beforehand. <laughs> <laughs> well, Jamie's two like podcast before. is going to be like, what's up? Like two minutes. It is, it is a long time. Of, we're talking about it like as if we're live today, and then two minutes into your intro, I've ruined it. It's not very professional, this thing. But what is professional is <laughs> the serious James 
show. What is it going to be? Podcast. I yeah, show. What are you settling podcast. on? I, I liked experience, but then I, that's Joe Rogan's thing, isn't it? So I can't yeah. steal. But that. it's kind of ironic. It'd be funny in a way. Yeah, should we just steal his logo? I could do that for you. <laughs> I imagine I will have done that already and sent it over by now. No, he's got that Spotify money now, man. But yeah, your show, um, I did with you the first episode recently and we'll be recording an episode tomorrow. We're going to try and get one out every Sunday. It's going to be like uh, a little... At present, the plan is sort of delve into dark stories about the... Um, like criminal slash sports, sports people yeah it's a good combo stars yeah yeah right that sounds uh, great um well you say stars some of the ones i've lined up is very loose in terms of stars real niche they, interest they have played professional sports is there a trade-off though like what they lack in fame they make up for in like you know stabbing people and eating their skin and stuff uh i've not got to a cannibal yet uh episode two Tame. Um, episode two is a good one. That that goes off in the sort of tangent. So well, we'll but, see if it's a good one. It's not recorded yet, is it? I'm trying to keep up with the. Is it? Is do you reckon? Let's make a prediction. Is that um, MJ documentary that's out now? The Last Dance. Do you reckon people are still interested in that by seventh of June? Uh, probably not, because like I'm not interested in Tiger King anymore. Fuck. All right, because so it's like the biggest thing right now. But yeah, have you seen it? I, I've watched it. I've binged it all. I'm not particularly interested in like basketball. Or do you not have to be? Um, it's a fascinating insight into him as a sort of person. I think you do have to sort of understand basketball or be interested in somewhat in sports to sort of get the the whole framing um, of it. But I'm interested in like sports psychology. I guess I just could, couldn't like give a shit about specific um, sports. So, like some of the stuff that like some of the stuff that is discussed is um, one of the things that I find uh, found amazing was that he would sort of invent um, like digs at him to fire himself up for a game to prove a point. So um, that's a psycho thing to do. Yeah. So I guess in, it makes sense. In, in one, um, in, I think it's either the last one or episode nine, he's playing, I think it's the conference semifinals and it's in uh, Indiana. I think it's Indiana. It might be Utah. Either or. Um, he's in a restaurant with some of his friends and the head coach of the team is like sat on a table across from him somewhere down the restaurant. Um, and him and the coach have sort of played golf together. They have a connection from university or whatever. And he tries to say hello to him, but the head coach just ignores him, presumably to sort of not get tied up while there's an ongoing series. Um, sure. and, and then Michael Jordan just takes that as a dig and then is like, oh, I'm fucking pissed off now. I'm just, I, I have to take it out on him. I, this is personal. He says like, this is personal. Like, he's, I've made it personal now. I just thought, well, that's yeah, so Yeah, because you have to be weird. a next level psychopath to be the best guy in the world, the best human like in existence at anything. You have to be like a little tapped, right? You have to have this next level laser focus and psychotic drive in order to rise above all the competition because i've heard it um you know like you'll get people there's people we might know even from like atherton or whatever who were just like i'm oh, well i mean i could be in ufc i mean admittedly there are a couple people from Atherton that have been in the ufc yeah. but um 
in general, the hardest person any of us has ever met in our lives couldn't even cut it on like, you know, Bellator's like early prelims, <laughs> you know what I mean? So, and what I hear is that the top, top athletes that um, Michael Jordan was competing against were made to feel as if they were amateurs when they played against him. Yeah, it, it, like, it sort of really sort of speaks to volumes that not only was he like athletically one of the most gifted players at the position, but his work ethic and his mental resolve and his mental toughness sort of puts puts everyone else to sleep. I guess you could probably say there was probably athletically similar levels of player to him. And like if he was just relying on that, maybe there would be other players at the same level as him. But I think the way that he took it to the next level from watching the documentary is just that he would punch, he punched someone in training, like one of his own teammates in training because... You know, he he needed to prove a point or whatever, and punched his own teammate. Yeah, he punched Steve Kerr in the eye. Yeah, um, yeah, just because, just because he was like sort of pissed off and just needed to prove to his teammates. Have you ever? Still, are you particularly competitive? I know, like you get into when we used to go play tennis or whatever, but I've never seen that sport inside of you too much. But I know you you're big into all your like you go and play five aside and shit. You gave me my nickname of Serious James. Because of how competitive you were? Yeah. I don't... Yeah, explain the origin. I don't remember <laughs> that. So I, uh, we were in high school and we were playing PE, I think. It must have been PE because we, like, we wouldn't have played a sport together at high school. So it must have been... Different weight classes, kid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay, there's that, yeah. Um, but we were playing football and... Um, like you would try to chat to me throughout the thing, and I was just like, "Fuck off!" I'm, I'm like, I'm focused on the game. I'm focused on playing. Dialed in. I don't want to talk to you. Yeah, and that's when you went, "Oh yeah, we were you fucking serious, James?" And then that just sort of stuck. I like it. That makes it better, man. And then yeah, so and there will be that this cursory sort of half um, focus on sport on occasion on your show, right? And then on episode one, we did like films and stuff at the end. It was such a, you know, it's a shame though. We need to sort this out. I had the most fun doing your show and I was just like, wow, this is sadly, for some reason, better than any episode that I feel I've done on my own show. But then you sent me the audio to just like check it out because you're just getting going and I've got, you know, at least like a few months experience at it now. And I was like, oh, you can't really hear anything that I've said (laughs) all the way through it. So That's just some mic problems. All my, all my bangers just fall flat. But. <laughs> I, I don't think the podcast is better than this. This is, I guess it's like, this is just like friends chilling, isn't it? Just, you're just getting people on and it's just like a chill. Just Do like you know why your podcast thing. is better than my podcast? Because on my podcast, my mate comes on and sort of lavishes me with compliments about how good the podcast is. And no one wants to hear that, Jimmy. Yeah, they, they've tuned in to Dude. see They've not tuned in to see me. I suppose... Yeah, it's just a hang in it. Dude, let me let me tell you this. This is like a Michael Jordan um, facts, right? Something yeah. that I found that, that is quite interesting. I'm sure you will have come across it if you've been doing um, some research on sporting guys or whatever. Um, so as of when this was written, Michael Jordan is retired with $40 million just in endorsements 
So that's like advertising and shit. That's just what he's making off selling his name. That ma- that makes him, when this was true, 178 grand a day without doing anything, right? So you work that out. If he sleeps seven hours a night, he makes 52 grand while he's just asleep, yeah. right? He goes to see a film. It costs him $7. He's going to make 18 and a half grand while he's in the film. <laughs> Boil insane. a five-minute egg. He's going to make several hundred pounds, like dollars while he's doing that. Um, if you were given a penny for every $10 that he made, you would have 65 grand a year to live that, off. That's insane. Right? He makes... I think I'm right in saying he was like the first sporting billionaire. He changed the game for definite because, um, like, I'm not just talking about Although for us, it was more like Space Jam was the, the what America exported over here because we're not getting the NBA and stuff. But you were becoming aware of it and basketball became a sport that we could play at GCSE and stuff. And I don't think basketball was... It's not a British thing, is it? Did the Americans make basketball? Yeah, so um, it sort of covers it in the documentary. Before he started playing basketball, 80 countries around the world would watch it or it was shipped to sort of 80 countries. By the time he retires, that's up to 215. So it's, it's sort of almost tripled the global span of it. He changed every place. Would you say it's a fair comparison to say he was like, to basketball, what McGregor sort of did for MMA in like the layman, for the layman in the casuals market? Uh, yeah, I guess, I guess so. I, I guess you could sort of say in terms of growth, yes. I, I I would probably hesitate to say that like Jordan's done much, much more for basketball than McGregor has. Hey, him. Jamie, this year that this was written, Michael Jordan will make more than twice as much as all the US past pre- presidents for all their terms combined. That's insane. They don't get paid that, that much, that though, e- do they? Yeah, that equally speaks to like how little presidents get paid, or surprisingly how low that is. And they make a lot of money outside of being president by just doing public speaking like appearances and stuff. Yeah, isn't it? They're not allowed to get like paid that much. Like you don't want it to be a job for the money, do you? I think that's part of it. Like you don't want to have that as your aspiration just because it's like yeah, you don't want that guy to be be the number one. Heaven forbid you have somebody that's a money grabbing thief as a a president of the United States. That'd be a Ooh, hot thing. takes from Jamie. <laughs> Dude, if Michael Jordan saved every single cent that he earned, or hundred percent, with no nothing else left, a hundred percent of his income for the next four hundred and fifty years, he would still have less money than Bill Gates has today. Wow. So. What? So, oh, so Bill Gates just owns just so much wealth. That is astronomical, dude. Like, we, we're giving those examples and laughing at how rich and Jordan he, is. Yeah, he's a billionaire. Jordan is a billionaire, just like Bill Gates is. But there's, but Bill Gates That's is obviously my mind like a little bit, that. next level billionaire. Who's your guy that you uh, had done some research on? I, I wanted to take a guess that it might have been Jordan. Uh, no, because he's not a criminal. No? No. He was, he was into gambling and stuff. Didn't he have someone killed? No. No. His dad no? His dad died. His dad got shot and carjacked. Um, because of his gambling debts? No. 
Well, it doesn't say that in the. In no, the you doc. can't really say it for certain. There's the, there's the theory that it it was because of that. But um, I don't think that I don't think that Michael John would have had debts. Like he was earning like thirty mil, thirty million dollars a year just for his basketball plus his endorsements on top. Yeah, Although, but how much was he putting down on a hand at blackjack though? Uh, a lot, yeah. So the, it, there's the there's a book called um, Jordan Rules by. Um, an author called, like, I think his name's Sam Smith. He says like Jordan would stay up all night gambling. He wouldn't let people leave the table if he was losing. <laughs> so if if he was losing, you couldn't get up and take your winnings. You'd have to sit down and you'd carry on playing. Or else what? He just yeah, he just get it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but there's a, there's a good line in the documentary that he sort of says, if I had a gambling problem. I wouldn't have my wife, I wouldn't have my kids, I wouldn't have my house because I would spend all of that on there. He just happened to like gambling, I think. I think it just sort of is competitive nature. It was just another outlet for him to win at. Did you ever get gambling? I never sort of caught the bug. I've dabbled in, in gambling, sports gambling. Have you got an addictive personality at all? Um, I don't know. No, I, I think I could, I, I've, I could switch it on and off, I guess. For example, let me ask you, how often do you consume... CBD? Not at all at the minute. Not at all at the minute? No. Did you run your dealer dry? <laughs> I just ran out and it's so expensive to get it shipped from America that I've not done it again. You confess that you've been doing it daily, right? I suppose you can't get addicted to that though, right, can you? No, it's you can't. Well, I don't know. Can you get addicted to cannabis? I wouldn't have thought I think so. you can get addicted to anything, man. People get addicted to like going for walks and just nonsense like that. Vitamin D. Addiction. I've been crushing vitamin D recently. Have you? Supplements. Yeah. Well, I actually have supplements in my hand, which is like put that in front of the camera. Let's get the sponsorship. Sponsored by Centrum Advance. <laughs> um, does this have D in it? I know it says like five thousand percent of your vitamin fucking R or whatever. Code, code Shaolin Pete for ten percent off at checkout. Um, it's too long a code that in it. Hey, I've done a complete 180 um, since I think maybe it was on the last show and we were talking about, or was it on your show? I can't remember. We were talking about like um, sponsorships. Yeah, it was on last time you were on Yeah, yeah I, was, I was asking and if you were going to get the money. Yeah, you were saying like do fake sponsors because it'll sound legit and it'll <laughs> yeah. entice in other sponsors. And I was like, never, I would never do that. And I, I had to have a, a think about it recently because I really detest the idea of... Um, after se- especially after saying that I wouldn't just put in any sponsors in there or sort of advertise, you know, interrupting the chilling in any way to yeah. sort of to just like make money for myself. It just seems like a dirty thing to do. But I thought if someone just went, hey man, do you want a hundred pounds to just say this on your show? I'd be like, I'll fucking say anything. Yeah, if I'm going to get free money for it. <laughs> would you? Would you? Would you be like specific with your products? Would you be like? Well, I'm only gonna, I'm only gonna do like do stuff that I would use, type of thing. Or would you just be willing to do anything? Do you know what? It almost feels worse. I feel more like a whore if I am being truthful, like you know, just like honestly, this one is really good. I use this mattress. Yeah, that that in a way somehow because you'll be able to see how I'm I'm trying. I'll be trying to overcome that you might imagine I'm lying. So mm-hmm. I'll be going, no, no, this one is actually good. 
and then that seems like more desperate and more beggy. So I think I'd rather just like sarcastically read things that you know. So like between me and the listener, they know that it's bullshit. But you're right? still getting paid. They'll pay you if you read it sarcastically. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess so. It's I like, guess. Oh it's- wow, zip recruiter. <laughs> oh god, there's no way to do it without zip recruiter. I think they would no? take a listen to that and go, "No, you're not getting paid for that." All right. Well, don't, I won't say zip recruiter then. <laughs> Just I'll insert a different company. <laughs> um, what do you reckon of? Before we move on, man, what do you think of uh, Rogan's deal to get over to Spotify? Allegedly, a hundred million for maybe the biggest podcast in the world. Is it? I don't know. I'm glad you brought it up because I read. Uh, <laughs> I was like laughing all the way through it. So, like, a couple of days after it, the um, BBC sort of arts editor, I think his name is, like, Will Compertz or something, mm-hmm. did a review of the podcast. Like, he did, like, a review as if it was, like, a film or something. And he gave it three stars out of five. And he sort of started the first part of the review telling people about the podcast, bearing in mind that it gets, like, 190 million downloads a month. Yeah. And I would probably argue is the most popular podcast on the planet. Yeah, there's no need to explain what it is to people. <laughs> yeah, and he he spent the first half of the review sort of telling people who Joe Rogan is and the premise of the podcast. Although, I mean, to, uh, you know, in his defence, I would say that it probably isn't a varied audience. It is probably 28 to, like, 35-year-old white males, yeah. straight, do you know what I mean? Like it, so I actually think it's it's probably a good thing that he's going over to Spotify, even though I don't know what's going to happen about the comments section and stuff, which I think is an integral part of the community that he's built. Who knows what's going to happen there? I know video is probably going to be, it's going um, to be an option. I, I, it's no, I think be- I think they're going to make video happen. What in Spotify? I think so. Yeah. Because they've just started to roll it out recently for a couple uh, okay. of other podcasts, like the video thing. We need. Hey, if anyone knows how to do that. <laughs> If there's a platform I can be putting the, these video episodes on and then get them on Spotify, that'd be incredible. But I think it is going to be a good thing, even if there are certain concessions that he has to make, the, the types of losses that losing the comments might be, um, or the video. Um, I think it might be worth it to future-proof his audience, because right now, he's, you know, in 10, 15 years, it's just n- definitely not going to be cool anymore because all the people that listen to it are going to be like 50-year-old like, yeah, do you know I, what I mean? I, I guess so. But then, like, the flip side of that is, like, if you don't listen to the Joe Rogan experience now, why, why would you? What's going to make you do it? Because you don't chill on YouTube. Some people, I'm like, oh, do you go on YouTube? And they just don't hang out on YouTube. They don't get it. They don't. Yeah, I don't they're on Netflix. On they're on Spotify. They're, they're sort of prescribed all of their entertainment platforms in a far more... I don't watch the podcast, but I still listen to it. I guess my sure. thing is like, you're not going to stumble into it. I think like if you're going to listen to it, you're going to listen to it. I don't think. It's- I think the reason that they will have done it for mostly is to, because um, they're they're trying to cover. I think they have. I think they bought Anchor, so they have their own platforms to help people get started on podcasts, and they're they're acquiring some big names in the podcast game as well. So I think it's going to bring users uh, and like podcast creators in more so than it's going to. I think people who are going to listen to Rogan are going to listen to Rogan wherever he is. And he does come with his whole fan base, um, yeah. you know, or a lot of them. 
I think um, I think Spotify think... are expecting a lot of people to sign up for premium. I mean, I pay for premium, so I don't know what the podcast experience is like on Spotify. It's fine, dude. I, I've never paid for Spotify, and I just listen to shit. It's horrible if you've not got premium and you're listening to music because after every, every tune, it just comes in with ting, 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 ting. Yeah, and yeah. it's just like you can never get like an album listened to. It's infuriating. But you can get through an entire podcast without being any adverts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, that, yeah. Well, yeah. In that case, what's it's a weird one then because like, what's the incentive for Spotify? I know their like stock price went up immediately afterwards. There you go, man. Dollar signs. Yeah, it's it's a it's a massive investment though, because I think what do artists get paid like? I thought less that was than a, a undervaluation. Uh, yeah, I, I, yeah. Like, um, I read a professional musician on Twitter put. All these people outraged because Joe Rogan got a hundred million dollars. He produces two-hour episodes every fucking day for a, a year. No other artist can say that. Yeah. No musician yeah, can say I'm doing a two-hour album every week. Yeah. What and how many of these musicians can get in the types of guests that he had? Elon Musk on twice. Like he, yeah. he just gets like the most balling ass Robert guest Downey lineup Jr. that. Just there's no one safe. He could get anyone in. Yeah. And, well, uh, yeah, he had Bernie Sanders on, didn't he? And he's done it all for the love of the game. He he does it for free. Well, I know he does the ads, but you know you don't have to pay. There's no paywall currently, and there ostensibly won't be one with Spotify either. So, dude, I would have given him a billion dollars. I mean, it's, it's a, yeah, I think a hundred million is a a low figure personally, but it's still a large outlay. For like what you like in, in essence, it's just somebody talking. Is that a, is that a business word there? Outlay. Yeah, I don't know. Is that something you use at work? Um, sounds very. Uh, does bit, it? Yeah, professionally intimidating when you said that. Is it, well, it's a, it's a big investment. But yeah. I, I I do agree with you that I think it I think he's worth a, a touch more. You had a sports person prepared. Yeah. Let's have it. Do you want me to read it? Um, why don't you do it conversationally? Um, it's Michael Vick, man. Oh, I suggested this to yeah, you. Yeah. yeah. Get, do why do don't you um, just like speed through the non-crime stuff, just brr, 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 all the way up to the crime, and then let's let's get to the the business. Okay. Uh, a lot of this, yeah, the crime stuff. His crime stuff isn't that. Um, didn't go because uh, I won't lie to you. I don't care about Michael Vick or his accomplishments. Do you not? I care about his crimes. Do you? Okay. Uh, well, we'll do so. I'll go. Okay. I'll sort of go heavy into the crimes and then the after effects of it. But I will give you a quick sure. rundown of his life. An overview. Uh, yes. Yeah. So uh, Michael Vick, born in Newport News, uh, Virginia, second of four children. Um, his mother worked two jobs. Um, she was a saint. <laughs> Dorothy Mantooth is a saint. Uh, and his father worked long hours in the shipyards. Didn't realize there were shipyards in Virginia. Yeah, where it's like spaceships or. <laughs> uh, they lived in a just a horrible place in Virginia. Uh, really run down. This Crime. is important though. Yeah. I feel like, you yeah. know, he, he comes from a place where, you know, the the culture, the uh, the sort of cultural norms can be somewhat. 
um, askew compared to uh, your more cosmopolitan forward thinking areas. Yeah, and I suppose like the flip side is like he's also hanging around with bad dudes as well, isn't he? He's not hanging around with like he's he's not moved on from his friends probably. Racist. Um <laughs> nah, nah, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> I'll go into racist later, don't worry about it. Um, okay. <laughs> um so nothing's really changed in that neighborhood even though Mike Michael's left. Um a lot of drug dealing, drive-by shootings, people getting killed every day. Uh, basically, sports was the way out. And um, it is impressive. Like I was always impressed with like Jose Aldo got out of the favelas just fighting. Or you mm. hear about like the Ronaldinho's and stuff. Who you cannot understand what world these people come from. It's not like a council estate. It's like a council estate country, Plus, just like yeah, yeah. just just stretching off infinitely in every direction. And there's absolutely no. Um, you know, there's no possibilities for anyone from there. There's there's no likelihood that they can transcend this. Like, you will be born here and you will live your life here and abide by its laws and then you will die here. And, that, and that's... It, I think it also speaks to the people that do make it out must just be freaks. They must have some sort of genetic difference. Yeah, because in... it will be stamped out of you if you've just got like an above average aptitude for yeah, exactly, a certain yeah. sport. Yeah, like these are the world beaters that that escape that those places. Yeah, because you just yeah, because you just take one look at the uh, that guy from the favelas. No, he's going to rob me or whatever. He's not that good. So you have to sort of be like world class. Oh, yeah, man. Fuck. Yeah, it's not a meritocracy, is it? Because you're going to be no. like denied that people are going to go. Hey, you are good, but we can't have you here on this team because of people that you roll with or your history or. How it looks, yeah. For the you, band. you know, you know, drug dealers or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Fuck. Um, he said that sport kept him from getting into what was going on. Um, so a lot of the bad stuff. A lot of the guys he knew had bad stuff. Um, <clears throat> he first came to sort of massive prominence at Homer L. Ferguson High School, which is such an American name for a high school. Say that one more time. The high school name. Homer L. Ferguson High School, boy. Um, is that your Virginia accent? That was my. That was my Virginia accent. Yeah. Bang on. Um, ended up moving schools because Homer L. Ferguson shut down. The crimes, Jamie, the crimes. <laughs> <laughs> this is all important. Um, okay, okay. College, he did three years in college um, instead of the usual sort of four to five to become eligible for the draft uh, because uh, he felt guilty about his family living in shit housing, um, saw the opportunity for some money, took it, um, and signed a, a $62 million contract. Um, when he was drafted fucking hell imagine cr- crazy that isn't it yeah 62 million dollar contract yeah so it's a six year 62 million dollar contract so over six years they're saying you will if you chill and do your thing here you'll get 62 million yes or you just get gifted some sort of advance um but as part of that 62 million dollars he'll have had some guaranteed money so he'll have been paid that guaranteed money normally in the form of like a signing bonus so it might be like $20 million guaranteed at signing and then the rest you earn over the lifetime of the contract. And h- how old is he when he gets this contract? Uh, 21. Imagine. Yeah, it's crazy. Imagine being from fucking... Nothing. Nowhere. Yeah. And then at 21 years old, like, he's not sat down with a legal team, I wouldn't imagine, no. and like figured out like, oh, what you just explained to me. He probably just hears 62 million and then just like goes home and he's yeah. telling everyone, I got 62 million. <laughs> he is, he's, he's wiping his ass with $50 bills. 
Oh my goodness, man. And then, and then shoving them down the toilet. It's crazy. Um, so just a little bit to sort of put into context about how good of a sort of prospect and a player he was. Um, he was the first African-American quarterback to be taken with the first pick in the draft. What, why is that? A, why would that be true? What's up with that position not being... Uh, so historically, a quarterback is a white guy. For what reason? Uh, because it's seen as a cerebral position. Oh... <laughs> Yeah, so in the NFL, there's a lot of sort of uh, racist sort of ter- like racist terms for both sides of uh, of it. So like white players, intelligent players, yeah, but and then all... black players they'll call athletic. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so like a white QB would be like a, still he, to this day. Yeah, so a white QB reads the game so well, and all the black QBs, oh, they're so athletically gifted. It's sort of phasing out a little bit, but you still see it with like white white wide receivers who catch the ball. They're always described as shifty, <laughs> whereas like a black wide receiver is always like, uh, you know, like a downfield threat or you know physical or that sort of thing. But like small white guys are always just described as like shifty because they're you know they're like jitterbugs or whatever. It's it's just so weird, That's so unusual. Um, as part of the draft process, they have to do a forty-yard dash. Uh, he enough. clocked a forty-yard dash time of four point three three seconds. Is that good? The quickest of all time is 4.22 seconds. Damn. During this time, we start to see some legal issues start creeping up. Cool. In October 2004, Vic and members of his entourage um, were at the Atlanta Hartsfield International Airport on their way to board a plane. While they were passing through security, security camera caught two of his entourage uh, stealing somebody's watch from the security (laughs) line. Um, Dude, their mate is Michael Vick. Why yeah. do they need to steal watches? And they, they stole an airport uh, security guard's expensive watch. Um, he didn't press Vic charges. Could just buy them all a watch for every fucking limb. Yeah, it's crazy, isn't it? Um, this is my favorite story about Michael Vick. So in March 2005, Sonia Elliott filed a lawsuit against him, alleging that she contracted genital herpes from him in autumn 2002 and that he didn't tell her about it beforehand. So, you know, he's knowingly give her that. Um, she alleged that Michael Vick had visited clinics under the alias Ron Mexico. Ah, <laughs> what a name. That's a great <laughs> alias. To get treatment. Bearing in mind, this is 2005. So his face has been on a video game cover. Yeah. Uh, and he is probably the most well-known American footballer there is at the moment in time. No one's, no one's being fooled by that. Like, no one's going, oh, yeah, okay. I, I think if he went in with, like, uh, you know, the must- <laughs> fake moustache on, it's like, it's me, Ron Mexico. My name is Ron Mexico. Uh, I have the problem with the genitals. Where's he from there? Uh, Mexico. He's obviously, that's where he's got his city. Oh, of course. Of course. Uh, so, yeah, he was, he was going to clinics under the name Ron Mexico. Uh his attorney revealed that the lawsuit had been settled out of court. Many fans bought custom jerseys from NFL.com with his number and the name Mexico on. Nice. Uh, which, like led the NF- which led the NFL to ban him that. You, can't, you couldn't do it anymore. Oh, gutted for anyone that, um, <laughs> so, whose last name was Mexico, right? After a loss to the New Orleans Saints in 2006, Vic made an obscene gesture at fans in an apparent reaction to booing, holding up both hands with the middle finger extended. He was fined 20 grand. Obscene is a bit strong for the... <laughs> just for doing well, this. He, he just did that. <laughs> like you see in like Stone Cold Steve Austin does that all the time. Yeah, that's Obscene. Wrestling. Yeah. Completely 
unpardonable offence. Yeah. Just this. The, the NFL's really sort of like heighty, heighty, tighty, man. Like you couldn't celebrate after a touchdown until like two seasons ago. I know they, they banned spiking the ball, yeah, right? Yeah, that's not banned anymore. But like you couldn't even do like team celebrations until two years ago for a touchdown. Lame. It was mental. But yeah, they've got why? some strange... Do you know why? That always It always makes me think like if there's a rule, what is that rule in retaliate, retaliation to or what are they trying to avoid with that? And that must be because they think, oh, all these, these are all like gobbins, just like yeah. massive genetic freaks that are just like sort of skipped school essentially and just ended up just being these hard as fuck guys that have been in, in you know in favor of just being channeled into like rush at each other with your heads they've just foregone all other things in their life so i, I reckon the nfl must think oh we've got a lot of fucking animals on yeah, our roster so it's, it's probably just they didn't want people to show off. Like they, they, they can't have showing off. Showing off's not allowed. Why not? Like how do you, how do you bring new yeah. eyes to the sport and stuff? Like the kids are watching it. Those are the highlight reels. People celebrating touchdowns. Yeah, and I agree. At the crowd, yeah, it's so weird. But yeah, that, that'd be why it's down as obscene because they just they're a bit weird. In two thousand and seven, Michael Vick's dad made statements about possible dogfighting activities. In Here we go. Dogfighting activities. <laughs> yeah. So this is in 2001, so uh, years before he gets caught. He tells the Atlanta Journal-Constitution that Vic was staging dogfights in the garage of the family home and kept fighting dogs in the family's backyard, including injured uh, including injured ones that the father then nursed back to health. Everyone's so upset about the dogfighting, but everyone welcomes Pokemon with open arms. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's the same fucking thing. Yeah. Okay. Uh, which does now lead us on into the dogfighting. Let's have it. Bad news dogfighting investigation. News with a Z. What do you mean? News. So bad, bad, uh, bad news dogfighting was the name of like this company. Oh, okay. I thought the investigation no. had like branded itself. No. <laughs> Imagine. With a bad news dogfighting investigation. In New, New York? It was the East Coast, non, okay. non-regional. There were five defendants in the case. Michael Vick, Tony Taylor, Pernell Peace, Quanis, Lavelle Phillips, and Oscar Allen. That second to last name just reminds me of the... Um, yeah, let's have all those names again, man. <laughs> Michael Vick, Tony Taylor, and Oscar Allen. Sure. We'd just call with them. Pernell Peace. Wow. And Quanis Lavelle Phillips. Oh my goodness. It just reminds me of the Key and Peel sketch. Have you seen the, the college football sketch? Yeah, yeah. I've yeah. <laughs> seen it. Uh, court Judge Henry E. Hudson, um, who was not bound by sentencing recommendations in plea agreements, had previously advised two of the defendants that the aggravated circumstances involving executing the dogs warranted an upward revision of the sentencing guidelines. How crazy is it that? I'm not saying a dog's death shouldn't be taken seriously, but if if sort of the seriousness with which you should um, consider the life or death of any animal is correspondent or proportionally um, correlates with the size or the intelligence of the animal, it seems like there's this unfair um, a gap between cats and dogs where if you find a dead dog in the street, 
like the police will come <laughs> or the, at least the RSPCA or something. If you see a dead cat, people just go, oh. Yeah, people just, and then that's yeah, you it. just post it on Facebook and hope that someone picks it up. Yeah, like I remember Sutton found a cat in the street one time and rang up, I think the RSPCA, and, and they were like, oh, do you know whose cat it is? And he was like, no, but I mean. It's dead. And they're like, is it injured? Or he was like, no, it's definitely dead. It's got like maggots in its eyes and stuff. And they were like, oh. I kicked it. <laughs> They went, well, we'll just come um, tomorrow and shift it maybe. He was like, oh, okay. And then that that was the end of it. They were just like, oh, when we can be bothered, we'll come and have a look. But if it was a dog, people would be like out there with candles and shit. This is why there's no such thing as cat fighting. People wouldn't give a shit. Well, cat fighting <laughs> is just called cats. <laughs> just in the street. Yeah, dog people, oh my goodness, pulling dogs back. Cat fighting is just like... Oh, check it out. Our cat's outside fighting another cat. Yeah. You go and watch. I wonder if it's ever just because cats don't give a shit, man. So people just don't give a shit about them. Well, they're less lethal as well. Like, leave dogs unattended. <laughs> you're going to end up with one dog, a fat dog. And dead babies and dead children. Fingers crossed anyway. But cats, <laughs> oh you're God. just going to, uh, you know, your cats just... I always, with my cat, Salem. Shout Shouts out to you, Salem, if you're watching at home. Um you know, he used to come home with like a claw hanging yeah. out of his head and we had to like pull a claw out of his head. They or, don't give a fuck, You know, he'd come man. home with his ear cut and he'd be like, check it out, bro. And I'd be like, oh, good lad, have a treat. Like he was the Jorge Masvidal of cats. He, he was the Jorge Masvidal of cats. He was the street Jesus. He's he passed his heyday now. I, don't, I think, you know, sometimes he, he goes back out there just to sort of reestablish his dominance. But, you know, I think I'd like I'd like to see him think about hanging it up soon. Put, put the gloves in the ring. Walk away at the prime. Yeah, he's getting. He's still got a long career ahead of him as an analyst. We don't, so. we don't want to see him go down the Chuck Liddell route, where he doesn't know what two plus two is. But yeah, continue, man. Uh, during the sentencing, an attorney for Quainus Phillips argued that his client came from a culture in which dog fighting was an accepted practice. No, it's cool. It's a cultural thing. You won't understand it. It's fine. Um, he further claimed that Phillips grew up around it and that it was a proven a, pr- a proving ground for young men to demonstrate their strength. Not sure how that works because it's dogs fighting, not blokes fighting. I can watch it without crying. Uh, Michael Vick was being held at Northern Neck uh, Regional Jail in Warsaw, Virginia, when he turned himself in early while awaiting sentences. Uh, he received a harsher sentence than Peace and Phillips after Hudson concluded that the suspended uh, quarterback lied about his direct involvement in killing dogs. And about his marijuana use. Why, why, were, why were those two things written as if the latter was more serious than <laughs> the, the former? Like, he was killing dogs and also marijuana use. Yeah, it's 2004, isn't it? So it's before, like, everyone was like, ah, oh, weed's probably cool. That was one. never as bad. Yeah, yeah. I'm not, I don't, I'm not saying that I agree with it, but yeah, 2004, people smoking weed, that was like a thing, wouldn't it? Like, oh God, what a... It's a gateway drug. Comparable to... Dog yeah, murder. Dogs, yeah. He lost, so Michael Vick lost all of his endorsement deals, which included Nike and a new line of trainers he was about to release. Including Purina One. <laughs> he was allowed to reorganize his sort of finances uh-huh. and his payment plan, which uh, I've written down of what was it? What was a, this was allowed? This was what he was allowed to spend his money on a month. Uh, $4,250 for rent and utilities. That's Quite a lot, right? $4,000 a month. That's a month, sorry. Yeah, he's allowed to spend four grand a month on rent and gas bills. $472 a month for car expenses. Wait, this isn't adding up. I feel like he's being allowed too much. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it gets better. He was still allowed to give his mum two and a half grand. That's nice, right? She didn't do anything wrong. <laughs> no. She had to work two jobs, Jamie. Uh, yeah, well, yeah. Once he was released from prison, he got back into the NFL. 
uh, signed with the Philadelphia Eagles. What? Yeah, he got back in. He was, they let him back in? Yeah. So this is a redemption. Just like, forget about those killing dogs. Just kill the dogs on the other team. <laughs> yeah, they let him back in. This is a redemption story, so it gets better. So he played for the Philadelphia Eagles, signed a one-year deal worth $1.6 million, um, but played back up that year. The next year, he had his best ever statistical season. So it's a, the comeback story for the ages. And after that, he signed another six-year contract worth $100 million. Jesus Christ. What a weird trajectory. Yeah, it's crazy, isn't it? Um, but only $40 million of that was guaranteed, so he made at least $40 million. Two years later, the whole oh, thing was... Only $40 million <laughs> Guys, he's got ten grand a month for rent. Hey, man, do you think he still does the dogfighting? 100%, yeah. It's part of his culture, isn't it? Yeah. It's part of his culture, mate. It um, doesn't matter. And in 2017, he officially retired. Um, he signed a one-day contract with the Atlanta Falcons. We can retire as an Atlanta Falcon, even though they wanted nothing to do with him. They still wanted him to retire as an Atlanta Falcon. Fair. Um, and he's taken up coaching. So he's coaching teams now. Um, and he leaves behind a legacy in the NFL that, changed the way that the position was played and is viewed but he was involved in illegal dogfighting say it say it do the sign off and that is the story of michael and vick. that is the story of michael vick and his illegal dogfighting <laughs> on on james's show um there's music behind <laughs> yeah, it so, so, and it's very tense put music behind it. tune not me i've not figured out how right. to do that so yeah episode one we did the crippler crossface himself chris benoit which was yeah, real dark that one. Um, yeah, not a lot of laughs in there. Yeah. <laughs> no, when you murder your wife and your son, it doesn't tend to leave a a lot of laughs lying around. Although, well, uh, on that note, <laughs> let's uh, let's wrap this thing up. I love you, Chavo. I love you, Chavo. That was the, oh, that was Chris Benoit's final. That words. was his final words to Chavo Guerrero. Yeah. He Before he, he uh, cross-faced everyone in his family and then went upstairs and cross-faced himself to death. Oh, the knee in the back, man. That's so vicious. Don't, don't, don't say it all. Let the, uh, come and, come and listen the to it. Come and listen to Serious James with me, Serious James. Available in other platforms. Nice one for coming back on, man. That we need to do a fight it's companion. It's always... Yeah, big time, big time. We'll get for one a done. Good ev- when, we can, when I can work it out how we can do it live or something. Well, I'll come to the treehouse. We'll Lockdown will be over soon, surely. Um, yeah, hopefully, I reckon. We yeah, need to do a, a matter of like a couple of weeks. We need to do a good event like uh, Ingarno Jones. I hope that fight happens. If it gets signed, yeah. Do you think it will? Good, good event. I'm not sure about that. What do you mean? It's not going to be a good event, that is it? Yeah, it'll be a great event. The shittest Jones absolutely twats the best Ingarno. Yeah, but Ngannou's got a puncher's chance, man, and everyone loves a puncher's chance. Yeah, but did you see when uh, Ngannou had a puncher's chance against Stipe, and because Stipe's got boxing credentials, he just... Because he's not just got an MMA top-level UFC puncher's chance, he's just got, like, an absolute crazy fists, brawler, nutcase puncher's chance. Yeah, it makes for exciting watching. He's not going to cut it. I don't know, man. Because I think he gasses early. I think Jones just, like... Figures him out, just five rounds, plays with him for a round, and then just beats the shit out of him. Yeah. Good to see Jones at heavyweight, though. He'll look jacked up, man. 
Well, if he ever fights again, is he ever going to fight again? You don't think he's going to fight again? Can he? Can he keep his fucking shit together long enough to fight? It literally, his legacy is not that he's the pound for pound greatest anymore. His legacy is that he should be good, but he's just an absolute dumpster fire. He, I, it's a real shame because I, I've watched every single one of his fights, so I'm like Team Jones, man. And I'm sad about the out of the ring stuff because if none of that had happened, he would be the unarguable GOAT. Rudney? Potentially, but there's no fair experiment to determine whether that's the case. It's like Breaking Bad where everyone sort of, ah, I can't, ah, yeah, that's it, me and Walt, I wash my hands of him now. And then every, most people get all the way through maybe to the uh, Lily of the Valley and then they're like, ah, I, can't, I can't go with you past this. And uh, Jones has had three, four too many infractions now. <laughs> like, yeah. For me. Running over someone's grandma, that was the worst one, I think, wasn't it? Fucking idiot. He's an idiot, mate. The strip club. He's the most idiotic, genius athlete I've ever seen. Would you put him up there, really? I think he's he's just naturally a killer in his soul. I reckon he just, he's like a fucking wolf. He just, his his nature is to hurt people. I think that's what happens though when you, that that whole family is like professional athletes. That's true, yeah. Got it brothers both played in the NFL and he was the runt of the litter I know imagine if John Jones is the fucking runt of your household that everyone used to like take the piss out of when you were kids apparently his the biggest brother Arthur the oldest one apparently he's taken up MMA as well man which I'd love to see because that guy was massive in the NFL yeah, I don't, I don't. Yeah, I don't know him, but I'm keen to see any of the Jones family if if they in any way resemble Jones's vibe in the octagon. Then I'm up for it. Let's wrap this up, man. These cool. episodes, these Too episodes long. are an absolute nightmare to edit. Okay, well, I will. I'll speak to you tomorrow. Yeah, we'll get one of your show recorded tomorrow. Yeah, nice one for coming on, man. Let's, Thanks let's for make this me. a regular thing. Yeah, let's do it. All right. Cheers for every uh, everyone for checking it out. Bye. Bye. Bye.